Welcome to Close It Now, an HVAC sales training podcast with Sam Wakefield. Here, we'll build your reputation in residential HVAC sales to be the expert influencer in your market. You'll get insight into the top minds in the industry as they share their skills and hacks to help you on your journey. This podcast isn't just about selling more. It's about understanding your customers' needs and building efficiencies behind the scenes so you can sell more but work less while being top of mind when people think HVAC. Now, let's get started with your host of the Close It Now podcast. This is Sam Wakefield. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Close It Now Sales Training Podcast, HVAC and Solar. Sam Wakefield here. I am super excited today to uh, have this guest on. He is somebody I actually just found out about recently. Um, if you don't know this, there is a big event coming up in September of 2023 in Austin, Texas called the Profit Rocket Growth Summit. It's going to be pretty awesome. Victor Rancourt, who was a guest on the podcast here recently, um, he's it's his event. He's hosting it. Um, one of the other, uh, well, no, there's lots and lots of crazy speakers. You've heard uh, Joe Crisera was a guest on the show here recently as well. And my my man today is uh, also going to be one of the keynote speakers at the event. So I reached out to him and said, "Hey, brother, let's." Uh, Let's chop it up, man. Let's let's hear about some history. Let's talk through some things and bring some value to the listeners. There's, uh, you know, we're all over the country. Uh, in fact, 25 countries listen to the podcast. And so people around the world are, you know, just they're doing a thing just like you out there every day in the grind. This is Drive Time University. So you know, we talk a lot about how in a 15-year career in outside sales or technician, if you use your drive time, that's equivalent to three PhDs if you use your drive time for education. So uh, welcome to Drive Time University today with the Close It Now podcast. Uh, everybody, this is the owner and CEO of Attic Man Heating and Air and Insulation. He is out of Sacramento, California. Uh, Mario Lopez, not to be confused with the actor Mario Lopez. <laughs> I'm sure you probably hear that a lot. But uh, welcome to the show, man. Glad to uh, have you on. Yeah, right on, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here. Let's talk some totally. sales. Yeah, man. Let's let's do it. Let's 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 get rocking. First, though, but first, I want to know uh, what's your favorite guitar. Ah, brought up the guitar music. Mm. Um, of course, yeah. everybody that listens, I've, I've played since I was thirteen and been in a ton of bands. And that my radar went off the second I saw your Facebook. So we got to talk about that first. You know, I was a metalhead for years playing the guitar, so I'd have to say probably my, uh, I have an ESP Eclipse, you know, uh, Les Paul that I love, that thing Mm -hmm. rips. Yeah. It's hanging on my wall. I haven't picked it up probably, oh man, a year and a half or so, but, uh, you know, it's like riding a bike. You pick up a guitar and you can jump right back in where you left off. I feel yeah. I feel Yeah. It's been probably a few months for me and a couple of days ago, I picked mine back up and, uh, I was like, man, I've never learned a Deftones tune, so I I, I learned shove it my own summer. Uh, yeah. so I was like, yeah, why not, right? <laughs> so I feel yeah, but uh, cool, man. I love it. So you, uh, you you're in a band currently, or is that more of a uh, focus no, on business it, now? No, just just business now. I might pick that up again at another time. I was in a band for years. You know, that's kind of where I started to learn business. I uh, mm-hmm. I started a band when I was in high school with my best friends and we played for, I think it was about nine years um, mm-hmm. all around Sacramento. We went on tours and did the whole thing. And when I was in the band, I took it very seriously. You know, I mean, my goal was to grow it and get it as big as it could be and play the biggest shows, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I used the band uh, to learn how business works. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's no different than any other business. Your product is music and your live show and selling tickets and doing accounting and tracking uh, mm-hmm. merchandise sales and all that good kind of stuff, you know? So um, being in the band and doing all of that is really where I started to learn how the business world worked, how to negotiate mm-hmm. deals um, and things like that. But it wasn't until later when I decided to take those and actually use it for, um, you know, for heating and air. So yeah, um, love it. Learn there. Cool, man. That That's great. That's a cool story. It made me think of a couple of things that I'll ask you about here in a little bit. Um, 
but uh, you know, I've always found hiring musicians, especially people who are, you know, in kind of uh, more exciting type of uh, groups or even just like jazz or anything. The musicians make great salespeople because they're used to improv and, and being able to act on the spot and change course at a moment's notice. So, Oh yeah. There you go. I dig it. Yeah. So I, I, I instantly can relate to you. Uh, yeah. Good cool. stuff, man. Well, give us your highlight reel, man. How did you, you're saying something about your, uh, you know, your story getting into business is kind of interesting and uh, let, let's get to know you a little bit. It's what, yeah. uh, how'd that happen? I mean, in a nutshell, um, I got into heating and air when I was 16 uh, right about the same time I started my my first band. And, um, you know, I was obviously I was still in high school, so I'd get out of school and shoot over to a small local owned company. And where I started in the uh, in the business was actually sitting at a desk with, uh, you know, the white pages, which those aren't really around anymore. But mm-hmm. you know, white pages just had a, a name and a phone number of people that lived in town. Uh, so it was the white pages and a cell phone. And I just would sit there and I would call number after number after number, three, 400 calls a day trying to sell uh, tune-ups, right? Okay. It was, you know, $69 tune-ups, $49 tune-ups, whatever special we were running at the time. But this was uh, this was cold calling, you know? And yeah. you had to call these people up and explain to them what a tune-up was and why it was important and why we should, uh, you know, come out there and, you know, get our hands on their system. So, um you know, when you're 16, you don't really know much about the world yet. I was just doing my job. They said, hey, here's a script, you know, call these numbers and see what you can do. Um, but I ended up being really good at it. You know, I think on average, out of every 100 phone calls, most of the people in the call center would land one, maybe two, right? Mm-hmm. People would agree to an appointment. And when I got hired there, there was eight or nine of them in this call center just constantly mm-hmm. calling. Um, and I came in and I'm landing, you know, anywhere from six to 10 uh, out of every hundred phone calls I'm making, you know, most of the nice. three to five appointments a day and I'm putting up 15, 20 on the board a day, you know, just going crazy with it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, uh, that's where I kind of started to learn sales and the trades and what heating and air was and what a tune up was, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, had no idea what I was getting myself into, you know, <laughs> they, they said, call the numbers, follow the script, you know, and, and it worked and it was, it was great. Um, you know, and I think sometimes I think back to that and, you know, why was, why was I so good at the cold calling and the sales? And, um, I think the answer to that is just mindset. You know, I was so young that nothing really affected me negatively. Right. I mean, people are hanging up the phone saying, you know, cussing you out, don't ever call me again. It didn't bother me. And I would just move on to the next one. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think most people there that were calling, um, you know, those kinds of things would bother them and it would take mm-hmm. so long for them to get one. And once your mindset, as you know, in sales, once your mindset goes to crap, I mean, that's it. Right. right. But yeah, I mean, that's how I got started. And then from there, you know, the owners were um, eventually they, they got rid of everybody in the call center and it was literally just me and one other guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here I am, I'm 16, maybe 17 at the time, just just killing it on the phones. And they're saying, uh-huh. hey, you know. Um, you're really good at this. Do you want to learn how to be a technician or do you want to learn how to do install work? Uh, I said, sure. You know, um, gave me a little bit of an hourly raise and I was out in the next thing you know, I'm in the field, I'm installing systems. I'm learning that way. Um, doing tech work, you know, and I closed my first deal in a house. Um, I can't remember my exact day, but I was either 17 or 18 years old. I sold a back system for like 24 K. Um, yeah. which at the time, you know, this is back in 2010, um, you know, that was a, that was a large ticket for an age. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Especially uh, then. And I being was, that young, I, you I was know, in I, the industry then I remember the averages. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and again, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just so young. I was just doing my job. Um, but as the years went on and I kept progressing, um, eventually I realized like, Hey, I, you know, I'm actually really good at this. Um, I knew I didn't want to go to college. Everyone say, if you don't go to college, you got to get into a trade. Um, and I liked it. You know, there's certain things you do in life that just agree with you and mm-hmm. heating and air for whatever reason, you know, I just kind of fell into it. I didn't have any family in heating and air, right. Um, or anything like sure. that. And I fell into it and it agreed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm doing heating and air and then on the side I'm playing in my band and I'm running the band like a business without even knowing it. You know, I had a, a business bank account. I was tracking the money that was coming in and we're using that money to fund our next tour and buy a new van for our tour bus and all this kind of right. stuff. Um, and then, you know, right around the age of 22, 
uh, or so, it kind of clicked. You know, I was I was in the band, doing it for a long time, uh, struggling, just like anybody that starts a band. Like, you don't really make any money. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you're paying money to go around and... Bunch of dudes in a stinky band. van carrying way yeah, too much, yeah. too many dollars worth of equipment to play for almost nothing. That typical story. And, you know, I was... Uh, <laughs> now I'm starting to get a little, you know, I'm starting to get older. And I'm like, okay, well, I kind of want to have a house and have a family and all these things. And I couldn't do that. Um, you know, working at this HVAC company and then also being in a band full time, it just wasn't working. And uh, eventually I just kind of put two and two together. I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to use all the skills I learned from managing this band. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm going to open, you know, an HVAC company and I'm just going to combine the two things that I'm really, really good at and see how it goes. And then, yeah. you know, that's how it started. So, um, yeah. And then it just kind of progressed from there. Love it, man. That's so much fun. So what year did you step in and were you always Attic Man or did you go through some rebranding along the way? I mean, how did that start? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was uh, Attic Man from the beginning. Sometime in the beginning, you know, I was doing side work on the weekends, family and friends and stuff. And, you know, when you're in your young 20s, all your friends want to go out to the bars and go crazy and and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, they would start calling me and Hey, where are you? Do you, you want to go out? Do you want to do this Friday night, Saturday night, whatever? Um, and I just was always telling them, Hey, I can't, you know, where are you right now? I'm in an attic. I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one day I don't remember who it was, but somebody said like, man, you're the attic man. You know, we're just going to start calling you the attic man. And that was it. I liked it. It stuck. I'm like, huh, that rolls off the tongue. Nice. And it's a yeah. catchy. Thing. Um, then I just needed a logo, came up with the superhero guy and yeah. that was it. Beautiful, man. I love it. That's, the, the names of companies, well, bands and, and companies come from some of the most, you know, the craziest places. And, uh, yeah. you know, I love that story, too. Everybody's wanting to, you know, go out Friday, Saturday night. You know, it's like they're like, we never see you at the club. And you're like, yeah, but I never see you at the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see those memes sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. And you know what? It's a it was a huge advantage, a huge leg up. I mean, I took it when I decided I was going to start working for myself and I quit the company I was working at to go full-time just working alone. Yeah, I took it very seriously. I, I mm -hmm. you know, I realized, hey, I have something here. I could make a really great living mm -hmm. um, running around, fixing ACs, installing new HVAC systems, doing attic insulation work, all the stuff I knew yeah. how to do. So at that point, once I kind of, once I kind of clicked and I was like, okay, like, you know, I can make a great living doing this and really in a way make my dreams come true because I can mm -hmm. make money and have freedom and travel and do all the things I want to do. Right. Um, yeah, I just everything else came second at that point. I just I made it a priority. I said, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm I'm going to put 100% effort into this. And there was first two years of this business, quote unquote, really it was just me, and my dad, and a couple guys running around. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, we worked every weekend for two years straight. There was a two year <laughs> period we didn't take a day off. I mean, we that's the grind. Seven days a week, man, just mm -hmm. in and out, 12, 14, 16 hour days. My dad, he still uh, works here and we, we joke about it with some of the guys sometimes because now we got, you know, 50 something people. And right. uh, and it's cool because we talk about that. He said there was a time where, you know, he uh, we woke up at four in the morning and loaded up the back of a white uh, pickup truck. We bought off Craigslist for fifteen hundred bucks full of <laughs> attic insulation and a, and a furnace. We left the house at four in the morning. I think we did like four houses that day between blowing in attic insulation. We changed the furnace over here. And then we went and we did a condenser coil over here. And mm -hmm. uh, we got back to the house. It was about two in the morning. We wrapped up our last job about 1 a.m. Yeah. You know, summertime customers like I want a new air conditioner. I don't care. Get it done. Mm -hmm. We got back to it was a uh, yeah, it's two in the morning and we we were looking at each other like, man, it's a 22 hour day. You know, yeah. and that was a Saturday. So we were like, okay, well. Let's go to sleep and, you know, we'll do it again tomorrow. We did. We, we would sleep like two, three hours, wake up Sunday morning and just hit it again. And we did mm -hmm. that over and over and over and over, you know, and um, we still get dividends from that today because that's how we built our customers mm -hmm. from the ground up. Right. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. from scratch, literally shaking hands, doing the work ourselves, um, you know, uh, being in the homes ourselves and meeting people and mm -hmm. still to this day i have clients that call in and they're like yeah i've been you know i was one of mario's first clients i'm like i remember that guy from yeah. years so mm -hmm. uh yeah hard work always pays off man it really does oh, i love it i love it that's one of the, you know when i'm doing sales training too I'll, I'll always ask you know especially in site visits or different places like have you ever worked on the crew and when the answer is no i'm like all right your first homework assignment is you schedule a day to go out and be the helper 
do all of the nasty stuff. Yep. Learn how this stuff goes in, you know, take pictures. So you can with it, with the actual certainty, be able to tell homeowners, this is the one I did because unless, you know, unless you can, especially a salesperson, when, when an owner has me talk to them and they're like, man, the salesperson's getting a lot of fight from the install crew. I'm like, I know he's never installed. Yep. You know, it's like, yep. unless you can have that conversation and be like, I will never ask you to do something I haven't done. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to have integrity with that, you know? And so yeah, I love it, it, man. That's a common problem. I think, I mean, we have it here. We got sales guys that have never installed a system, you know, in their, mm -hmm. in their entire career. They just somehow, you know, went from maybe a helper tech to straight into sales and yeah. really good at talking to people. And obviously all of those kind of people skills and the sales skills, but don't understand mm -hmm. what it actually takes to fully, you know, rip out and install a whole new HVAC system. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I would implore anyone out there that's in sales and, um, I mean, you can only benefit from it, you know, go out mm -hmm. there a couple of days when maybe it's your slower time of year or whatever, and go spend some time on an install crew and, you mm -hmm. know, see what it's like, get your hands dirty. Uh, you can learn a lot like that. And it'll, Absolutely. it'll come in your sales presentation too. If you mm -hmm. actually know what you're talking about, you know, because you've done it yourself, you put your hands mm -hmm. on, installed a furnace top to bottom on your own. Um, that will convey in your sales process to where the, mm -hmm. the homeowner will actually feel you know oh man this guy really actually knows his stuff mm -hmm. you know yeah you got it i've ever met did install for one two three four mm -hmm. years before they absolutely started. yeah yeah they can feel the certain you, you can say the exact same words but they feel the certainty behind your voice right it's like i know how this works yep not exactly. well we'll you know when the install crew does it we'll see how it works right <laughs> yep. Yep. love it man oh love it those the parallel stories that i come across in this industry when i start talking to people all over the country are just so much fun. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, so before that we started recording, you mentioned about how, you know, you're into your, your attic man business, you're several years in, and then you decided to take the, take the business seriously. What was that big pivotal moment? What was that turning point? And what really inspired you to, to do that? Well, you know, I mean, it, it was a lot of things. Um, at that point, we've been doing the business, oh man, oh, four years or whatever it was. At, man, the timeline thing is just a big blur at this point because it's just craziness, right? But sure. um, we'd been doing it. I met uh, my partner. Her name is Georgia uh, about four years ago, you know, and we started getting more serious, you know, doing uh, accounting properly and really starting to ramp up the marketing and things like that. And there was just kind of a moment where, you know, we were enjoying it. And we were living the the good life. You know, we had this small business. We were making great money. We were traveling. We could we could travel here and there. But then the summers would hit. It would get overly crazy busy. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, at that point, it was like we had to just be, you know, fully in, engulfed in the business 100%. And we didn't really like that kind of back and forth. You know, I was like, oh, it's slow. Okay, we'll put our feet up and we'll relax. And then, you know, we'll travel here. And then the summertime comes and it's like, ah, you know, you're taking yeah. care of all this stuff. Um, and we just kind of asked ourselves, you know, do we want to, um, you know, do it like this for the next 20, 30 years? I mean, we were young, you know, at the time, we're 28 years old. Um, yeah, it's a career, right? It's not just a job for a year or two. Right. Yeah. And and so, you know, it, the question became like, you know, what if we could build this business to a way where it runs on its own, right? It mm -hmm. operates itself where we could choose when we want to work. Um, and if we want to come in, we can come in. And if we don't, we don't. It doesn't make a difference whether we're there or not. Um right you know, that's the entrepreneurial dream, right? You know, we say, if you take yourself out of the business for 90 days, you know, no phone, nothing, just disappear for 90 days and you come back, you know, would the business still be there? Would it still be profitable while you're gone or would it crumble? Um, and that's kind of the vision we decided we want to get to. But in order to do that, I mean, that's a tall task and you're not going to accomplish that, you know, with five people or six people. Right. right? Yeah, like, exactly. You're going to have to build processes. You're going to have to grow. You're going to have to have departments and managers and, you know, all of those things. So, you know, it was at that point we decided, you know what, we need to uh, we need to meet some people that, you know, are, are doing what we want to do, that have a bigger business that is operating, um, you know, the way that we see Attic Man being able to operate in the future. Mm -hmm. um, you know, around that time we met Victor. Uh, and, you know, Victor, uh, introduced us to a lot of great people and we just made the decision. We said, you know what, we're going to, 
we're going to partner up and get some uh, some partnerships going with these guys mm -hmm. to where we really grow this business. And it's not right. just on our shoulders anymore to to make sure it's, uh, you know, doing what it's doing. So that was a, that was about two years ago. And um, mm -hmm. from that point, we really, really skyrocketed. Right. We went from, I don't, I don't know, we had like eight people or something, you know, mm -hmm. and got up to about 15 people and then to about 30 people, so on and so forth. And just right. building slowly but also quickly at the same time um naturally it just started to snowball mm -hmm. right start meeting people and hiring people and this person knows this person and it just kind of snowballs sure. from there and and now it's just an unstoppable machine you know, i point. love it well, <laughs> it's just great people attract great people and when you build something that's worth i can tell from just here you know when you come across somebody and you interact with them you can instantly your BS meter either goes goes off or you can tell if somebody is actually authentic. And yeah. I can tell from our conversation already and the the posters on the wall behind you, clearly <laughs> you you know, you're super focused on on mindset. Clearly personal growth has been a big part of your journey as well. I mean, we haven't even for everybody listening, we, we haven't even talked ahead of time, but you know, tell us what you've done as far as like personal growth to become the person that can well, grow something like that man that's a that's a great question um yeah i i'm still learning every day you know there's things that happen experiences that happen and situations you get put in where you're like oh wow well that's new um growing a business to this degree is uh extremely extremely difficult and i used to hear that before you know um when we were smaller i would hear that before from people like it's gonna be the hardest thing you've ever done and you're like yeah okay it doesn't seem that <laughs> Um, and then once you actually dive into it and you're in the heart of it every day, um, it's crazy. It changes. Mm -hmm. it, it forces you to mature quicker mm -hmm. than you would. Otherwise, it forces you to be put in really tough situations that you have to make very difficult decisions. Um, and, you know, those kind of situations that you get put in and having to make difficult decisions and, you know, everything we do affects the people that work here. Um yeah, it, it really just, it matures you, you know, it makes mm -hmm. you, I don't know how to say it other than that. It just, it puts you in a position mm -hmm. where you just have to, you have to grow, right? It's either yeah. you're going to grow and you're going to grow into that, into that form or you're not. Um, and for me, it, it definitely, I mean, I've seen over the past few years, just tremendous growth in terms of my own mindset, my own personal goals, mm -hmm. how I look at life, how I look at everything. Um mm -hmm. You know, I do have these posters behind me. They're like these generic posters you find on Amazon. They're kind of funny, but, <laughs> but I like them because, you know, I walk in my office, I see them and, and, uh, and it's just a reminder of what we're here to do. You know, we, mm -hmm. our goal here at Attic Man and our company is we want to be the best. And when I say the mm -hmm. best, I'm not talking just the highest amount of sales or, you know, the most employees. We, we want to be the best all the way around. We want to mm -hmm. install you know, our, our, our installation work, we want it to be able to go up against anybody's. We want sure. our product and our service um, to be top notch, right? Um, we talk about this in meetings, how we uh, want to be a white glove HVAC mm -hmm. service where people can come to us and feel comfortable that, you know, they're going to do the right thing. They're going to take care of their customers. You know, it's like going to get a steak at Roots Chris. We talk about that all the time. You know, you get, sure. you get all this extra money, get a steak at Roots Chris, but you know, if you want that steak cooked medium rare, it's going to come out a perfect medium rare. It's going to come out seasoned perfectly. And if mm -hmm. it's not, guess what? They're going to take it back and they're going to make it right. No questions asked. Right. Um, and, and that's it. We just, we want to be the best. We want to win. Right. We want to mm -hmm. take Sacramento and just everyone here in Sacramento, when they think I need a heating and air system, they think, Attic Man, you know, Absolutely. Uh, but again, that's a tall task and it's difficult. It, it takes everybody involved and it takes constant uh, mm -hmm. mindset, keeping your mind right and focused on the goals. Um, you know, and that's what we do here. We talk about it often. Mm -hmm. We talk about I, it. Often. I love it. And what I'm hearing from you too, is you're creating a culture in within the entire company, I mean, to go from eight people to 50 people, you say slow, eight people to 50 people in two years is pretty dramatic growth. And also to keep a culture of that mindset of, uh, you know, we take care of when when someone becomes our client, they're part of the Attic Man family, right? You know, we take care of our own type of a mindset and to, to do, expand the culture so quickly that's where so many organizations fail is they grow too fast to be able to keep the culture consistent. 
So it sounds like you're doing a really great job of keeping that. Uh, and like I said, talking about it all the time, right? That mindset and, and creating culture of that's why you're not having any problem finding people to work for you because it's a place people want to be and because yes. of the culture you're creating. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, um, you, 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 you build this culture of just, uh, you know, a winning culture, right? I'm not a Patriots fan by any means, but I'm a football fan. And you can, uh, you can really appreciate, you know, what they did over the past 20 years, you know, during the Tom Brady Belichick era. I mean, they created this team of just where they win, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there is no, <laughs> like nothing, nothing is good enough unless you're number one and they yeah. attract players and they have that culture. And as a result, they go out and win. And the people that can't hang with that, they join the team, they can't hang and they're weeded out. You know, um, and it's no different here. I mean, yeah, we have 50 something people. I think over the past two years, we've gone through almost 200. Right. Sure, so of course. 200 people coming on. Sometimes people leave on their own. They realize like, holy shit, these guys are like on a whole nother level. I can't, <laughs> I can't keep up. And uh-huh. and and they, they might leave or, you know, or it's our decision, whatever it is. But, um, you know, we want to attract the best. And in order to do that, you got to be the best. Right. If you yeah. are the best, you attract the best. And now what we find is we get approached by people that want to work here. Um, and we're very upfront in the interview process. We're like, do not come here if you're not going to give 110% every day. If you're not going to give 110% every day, if you're not going to buy into our vision, buy into our culture, then we don't want you. I don't care how good your sales numbers are. I don't care if you're a $7 million a year salesman, right? Like you need to be able to come in, be consistent, um, you know, and, and kick ass day in and day out. Right. So people come in, sometimes they work out, they're still part of the team. And if you're part of the team, you're in, you're in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and other ones, not so much. And that's okay. You know, it's never personal. It's just, sure. uh, it just comes down to, you know, are you the best? And if you're the best, you got to play with the best. Ah, I love it, man. Uh, absolutely. You're, you're firing up my competition mindset. You know, I've got this, this piece inside me that, you know, when I was, uh, when I had my company, you know, I always told our team, we would talk about culture and we talk about competition all the time. And I was like, man, I don't want to hear anybody talk about well, you've got to have good competition in the marketplace. You're you're like me. My idea of a good competition is their doors are closed. We're systematically closing their doors because we're all of their clients become our clients because there's no reason to go with anybody else because we're here, right? <laughs> and that's like competition I love so much, right? right. That's competition to me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what will happen if uh, you know it's capitalism one hundred and one. If you're better. Uh, the customers will come. That's just the way Absolutely. it goes. You know? I love it. So let's shift gears a little bit. This is a uh, lots of sales training focused podcast. Uh, so let's talk about your process a little bit. How many uh, do you do selling techs, do you comfort advisors, both turnovers? How's that work so, for you guys? Um, you know, that's kind of something we've been trying to figure out, like what is the best way to do it? And you get different answers from everybody. For us, we do um, kind of a hybrid. You know, I got... Okay. I've got one guy that does nothing but marketed leads, right? That's it. So obviously we all know what a marketed lead is. Somebody calls in, yeah, I want to quote on an HVAC system. They're getting three, four, five bids, whatever. And you got to beat them out. So I have one guy that does that and there's a process for those. And then I have three guys, you know, that um, are our field supervisors and the field supervisors are capable of making deals, writing up contracts for customers, but they're not salesmen, right? They're service supervisors. They're there to, um, you know, double check the text. You know, I've seen a lot of companies do the flip process, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, let me set you an appointment with a comfort advisor. And then the comfort advisor comes out with the shirt and tie and that can work too. You know, I'm not necessarily against that, but <clears throat> for me, it's been, um, I think we do things a little bit differently in a way that really lines up and works with the homeowner and it makes the homeowner feel comfortable. You know, um, the whole sales gimmick, you know, the comfort advisor thing now turns a lot of homeowners off. Um, They know the game. They know the game. Agreed. It's all, it's all open knowledge. So there's no more, Mm -hmm. you know, you say comfort advisor, these guys laugh, you know, these homeowners Mm -hmm. laugh. Okay. You're going to send a salesman. Okay, fine. Right. Yeah. Just call them what they are. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, you know, I have um, a number of techs. Um, I think we're up to like nine techs now that are out in the field diagnosing things and stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, if a customer ends up asking what's the price of a new system, um, you know, we can either 
do the comfort advisor role. We can forward it to the sales department, have a salesman come out. Um, or, you know, we can talk to our uh, supervisor and see if the supervisor is willing to bypass the sales department to make them a deal. Um, sure. You know, and I can go into that more, but um, this kind of hybrid method that we have works really well for us. It's not perfect by any means. I think that granted with the number of 10 plus appointments we have on our calendar, we could book a lot more. We could sell a lot more systems um, and we're constantly trying to improve that. But um, but where we're at now is a huge upgrade of where where we were a year ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm happy to dive into that. Um <laughs> You know, yes, uh, I don't it know much sounds interesting. Process, but. Yeah, so it sounds like well, one, I mean, we have to think in you know when your own entrepreneur and you're growing a bit. Your your business is the company that just happens to do heating and air, right? I don't know if you've ever read the E Myth uh, by Michael Gerber. He yeah. was a keynote at an ACCA at an ACCA con conference one year when I when I went. But that's, I mean, as the owner, your job is to make it function smoothly for your people. Right. And then their job is to do whatever it is X Y Z that your business does. But um, but it sounds sounds really interesting. I've never actually heard a lot of details about the hybrid model. It sounds like so. Do they your field advisors? Do they do more of like okay, if this is over a certain level of complexity, let's go ahead and turn it over to the sales department to spend the time. If it's simpler, what's the dividing line there? How do they decide that? Um, well, I mean, our, our supervisors are well-rounded guys. They know how to sell a system. They know how to size a system, but they also know service and how to diagnose units as well, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I kind of like that, you know, I mean, we, you get, you meet sales guys that are just 100% sales and never picked up a, a wrench or put a wrench on a furnace in their life. But, um, the ones that have, you know, it just, it's much more genuine, right? I think yeah. in today's age, in order to sell HVAC systems one of the biggest things is you have to disarm the homeowner right you have to get their defenses down you can't mm -hmm. make it seem like a sales process or sales pitch right. uh, because the moment that they kind of sense it's anything sales related you know they they put their wall up and they back off mm -hmm. and that's it's a marketed lead because that's what they're calling you if it's a marketed lead they're calling sure. for a sales so it's yeah. not a problem well and even in those cases there's you know clearly ways to disarm them much quicker than others you know right yeah so. um so you know i'll say this i think um, when it comes to marketed leads, like the way that, that you should think about them is marketed leads are marketed leads. Those are what keep your board full, right? Keep the guys working. I'm not saying you should sell marketed leads to where you don't make a profit. Like what? Don't do that unless you're just so desperate. You don't want your installers to leave, but you can, you can, you know, have a better deal for a marketed lead versus a turnover, right? Or a flip mm -hmm. lead or a technician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So you want to talk about the sales process? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's hop into the sales process. I mean, it sounds so intriguing with that. Um, you, we're starting to kind of dive into, for everybody listening, there's a little technical issues today, but we're overcoming those. Uh, but you're starting to yeah. dive into how your field advisors are uh, pretty cross-trained to do a lot of things, you know, and, and you yeah. mentioned how... Cutting deals a little bit more with marketing versus turnovers and, and those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think like most of our sales are generated this way where, you know, somebody calls, they have a, you know, a 15 year old system or a 22 year old system or whatever it is um, that's broken, right? And mm -hmm. we send a technician out there. Technician's job is to diagnose the system and provide options to the homeowner, repair options, right? So, while they're generating those repair options and, you know, we have three repair options, right? You have your basic or your band-aid. So if it's a blown capacitor, it's like, okay, you need a capacitor. That's your band-aid, right? Sure. Get it up and running right now. Second option might be a capacitor and a hard start kit and, uh, you know, maybe an outdoor fan motor if it's leaking oil, things like that. And then your third yeah. option will, you know, include the MyAQ. So you can have your, your first three options. While you're going through those options, the homeowner is likely going to ask you, you know, how much, uh, does a new system cost? And at that point, you know, it's the technician's job to say, hey, well, listen, I'm just a technician, right? We don't give our technicians access to pricing, right? They don't have a price book on them. Okay. So, so you know, the technician will say, listen, I, that's a great question. I, um, I don't know the answer to that, but I can get you to someone who does. And there's one of two ways that we can go about this. Either A, um, I could forward you to the sales department. Right. And we can have somebody in the sales department come out, uh, meet with you guys and go over options. And most of the time, the homeowner is very 
weary of that, right? The moment you say the word sales, they're, mm-hmm. they kind of back off. Like they don't, they don't want to deal with the salesman. Um, that's, that's the old school way of doing it. And right. they're not, they know that they know the game. They, I don't want to deal with a car salesman. So they say, so what's the other option? Well, the other option is, you know, I could get my supervisor on the phone. Um, you know, obviously he's really busy. Most of our supervisors have three or four techs under them that, that they're supervising on the field. So, you know, he's really busy right now. Um, I don't want to bother him unless it's something that you're serious about making a decision on right now. Right. He can make you a better deal than anyone in the sales department. If this is something you're looking to get done fairly quickly, Sure. you know, and at that point, the homeowner is going to tell you, they're going to say, no, nah, yeah, you know, I'm just, just have your sales department send me a bid. You know, I'm going to get multiple bids. Um, and that's fine. If they say that route, okay, mm-hmm. well, we'll forward you to the sales department and we'll have somebody yeah, okay. reach out to you and email you over a bit. Sure. Um, or they say, no, you know, uh, you know, I feel really comfortable with your service. I like your company. You guys have great reviews, et cetera. Um, I'm, you know, let's, let's get your supervisor on the line. But then the tech has to reiterate back to them. Okay. Well, listen, like I said, my supervisor is very busy, right? I don't want to bother him uh, unless you guys are serious. And they say, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, what, what, is, what, what does a system like this cost? And the tech can ballpark them, kind of start to price condition them, right? Well, sure. you know, these systems range anywhere from $16,000 all the way up to $30,000. You know, there's, mm-hmm. it's like buying a car. There's a wide range of options. And the homeowner says, okay, all right, well, let's get your supervisor on the line. Now, at that point, the supervisor can come to the house, right? We service a large area of Sacramento. So depending where mm-hmm. they're at, if they're close by. They'll shoot over there and they'll actually meet up in person or, you know, they'll just jump on the phone with the homeowner, you know, they say, Hey, you know, um, they, they get on the phone, the tech at that point, you know, has to kind of reiterate the situation on what's going on. You know, let's say a supervisor's name is John. Say, hey, John, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, Hey John, it's Tim. I'm here with uh, Joe and Mary. And, uh, you know, we were looking over their system. It's 18 years old. We found this, we found this, they are interested in, talking about options on an HVAC system, um, you know, and the supervisor will ask him, well, did you send them to the sales department? Like, that's what we have a sales department for. Did you send them to the sales department? Mm-hmm. And the tech will say, yeah, you know, I mean, I brought that up to them. They really don't want to deal with the sales department. This is something that they're prepared to make a decision on right now. Um, and, you know, that's why I'm calling you. Is there any way you could stop what you're doing, right, and step aside well, yeah. and help us out? Really building in the um, scarcity along the way. Well, you know, it's just, it, it, it's all true, right? It's not like, well, it's not like these are lies. Our supervisors are in the field and they are, they're busy because we, the way mm-hmm. that we structure our service department, the supervisors are responsible for making sure their techs are writing up quotes accurately and diagnosing things right and all that kind of stuff. So, right. um, so yeah, it's a hundred percent true. You know, a tech, oftentimes you call your supervisor, he might be in the house already with another tech. He might be in the attic helping another yeah. tech diagnose something or, looking at something. So you're asking me, can you stop what you're doing, step outside and just take a minute to see if you could help us out? That's what the text mm-hmm. says. And, and it's reiterating to the homeowner, hey, listen, it's you and me versus my supervisor, right? <laughs> right. It's, not my, it's not the company versus you. You're like We're not trying to like fight during your business. It's me and you, Mr. Homeowner, against my supervisor. Let me see if I can get him to stop what he's doing you know, mm-hmm. listen to what we have to say, send them some photos and see if you can put together a package for us that makes sense. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So if all of that lines up correctly, what ends up happening is, uh, you know, and I, I'm kind of doing the fast version here, you know, going through it because I could put on a two hour lecture on how to do this perfect. But oh, of course, yeah. Um, if, if all of this lines up perfect, what ends up happening is the, te- the supervisor will build a package, sometimes either over the phone or in person with the homeowner that, you know, is what they're looking for that fits their budget. Um, and at that point, the homeowner will sign the contract and do the deal. You know, if at any point the homeowner starts to back down and says, well, listen, like, could you just have somebody send me a quote? Then we just go back to the sales department. Like, absolutely. Okay. That's what we have mm-hmm. a sales department for. You know, let me let me forward you to them and I'll have them reach out to you. Because at that point, if they're, you know, they, oh, can you just send me a quote? Then they're not serious, right? They're not serious about making a decision right now. They want to shop around. Sure. There's something you missed that made them back off and say that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're hitting all the points, you've, you've identified their pain points, you know what's important to them. Uh, maybe you know what they're expecting this to cost and you come in around there 
or whatever it is, you hit all of those points, there's a very, very high chance that they're going to agree and say, you know what, let's go ahead and just get this done. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite lines to use in the home with people is, uh, you know, if, if it's a man, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I kind of want to shop around and see what kind of deals I can get out there. I'll mm-hmm. say, well, listen, Tim, listen, this isn't like going shopping for a new smoker, right? You're not going to Home Depot and looking at all the Traegers and, you know, looking at all the different features between each barbecue. Like, that's fun, right? That's something you're going to use. You're going to show off to your friends at your next backyard barbecue. Like, that's something that's really fun, and you want to go out and do that. Shopping around for air conditioners is nothing more than an inconvenience. Right. Right. Like who wants to spend their time researching different HVAC brands and getting different contractors and sitting through a three hour presentation here and a three hour presentation there. Right. Nobody wants to spend their time doing that. Right. I'm already here right now. This is an inconvenience. You've already uh, established that you like our company. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do. You think we'll do a good job for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys will do a great job. Great. Then how about we get this done? You know, knock this off your list and you can get back to spending your time doing things that are more important to you and your family versus shopping around for furnaces. You know? <laughs> and you kind of pitch it that way. They, they kind of, you know, they'll kind of realize like, you know what? He's right. You know? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what are you shopping around for to save a thousand bucks here or 500 bucks here? Right. Yeah. We're all okay. generally speaking around the same price. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, really, if you're comfortable with it, let's just get this done, man. And you can use yeah, that absolutely. same analogy towards a woman. Right. If it's a woman that, you know, you get to say, hey, listen, it's, it's not like you're going out to brunch with your girlfriends and going out dress shopping. Right. Like that's fun. <laughs> My wife loves to do that. Right. She loves to do that. She goes, oh, I have some mimosas, go try on different dresses. And like, oh, my gosh, like, that's great. You know, but this is not fun. This is just one big inconvenience that's inconveniencing your life. And every hour you spend on it researching all these different systems and going, you know, getting all these different quotes and stuff is just wasted time. And we can't get time back. Right. So we're here, the price is right, the company's right, let's do the deal and, you know, move on to bigger and better things. So, you know, that in a nutshell, that's a quick version on, on how we like to do it. And it works very well. I think customers, it's really reciprocated, right? Customers mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Um, they feel as though, okay, you know, this technician's taking care of me. He's pulling strings to get a supervisor on the line who's already really busy somewhere else. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to take the time to step aside. I have actual guys that have installed HVAC systems before building a system for me, designing a system for me, not some salesman in a a shirt and tie coming out. Right. (laughs) I really appreciate it. And um, so it's a win-win for everybody. When it's done correctly, it's a win-win. The customers are like, hey, I mean, you could, you know, you go look at our reviews and they all stay on there all the time. You know, I didn't have to deal with the sales department. You know, I was able to get a supervisor out here. He built a package for me that fit my budget. And we went ahead and got it done. And we're extremely happy with the work. So um, this is kind of the, you know, the future of selling, I think, um, versus the old school way of let me send an appointment with a comfort advisor. And they come out with the laptop and all the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Sure, sure. I love it, man. That's so cool. I love to hear every time anybody innovates something or does something differently or that uh, flies in the face of how most people do it, this is exactly the podcast for that. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, that, that's really exciting to hear because, and you're right. I mean, that's, I think that's why, you know, what a handful of years ago, so many, a lot of companies went to just the selling tech model because for that, that same reason, it's like, listen, you know, we can call the sales department, but while I'm here, you know, I can just grab, you know, save you some time and uh, take a look at a few options if you want me to. Right. And just make it really nonchalant and very much. Um, well, by the way, we can you know, do that while we're here. Just go ahead and get off your mental to to do list. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, exactly. And and it's uh, and it's a, it is a process from the moment the tech arrives for the service call all the way through to signing that contract, you know, and the system being installed. It's a process beginning to end. Again, mm-hmm. that was the, the fast forward version. But there's sure. certain steps along the way that you have to make sure to take in order to close those doors, you know, mm-hmm. sort of speak, going down the hallway, closing those doors, closing to, the doors. to where you finally mm-hmm. get to the end and you're good to go. And in an, in an, you know, an administrative standpoint, there's certain ways to run it too. You know, we get guys that, you know, they start to really build a relationship with their supervisor, you know, sure. and they really start to get this down to where it's second nature, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of have, we have teams, 
you know, we have Alpha team, we have Bravo team, we have Charlie team, and they compete. You know, you got oh, these group sure. of techs with their with their manager and this group of techs with their supervisor, and they all compete against each other. And it's like a big thing, like which, you know, which team can outdo the others. Uh-huh. Um, so, it, you know, and it really works out well. You can get into how are these guys paid on commissions. You know, the techs get a little bit of the, of the tech of the commission from the sale. And um, it all kind of lines up together. You build this sure. camaraderie, these teams that are out there, this competitive environment. But it's a healthy competitive environment. We don't have mm-hmm. used car salesmen working here, you know, and, sure. and none of them put off that vibe. You know, we have supervisors and they really are at their core supervisors. You know, yeah. they're there to supervise and make sure the tech's doing their job correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works out really well. Man, I love it. That's so cool to hear. And, and you're right. I mean, any well ex- executed, was it the natural, um, you know, destination to a well executed system is, you know, a sale, um, you know, sales process. You can't, even with this, it, it, that, that's what I've found in so many years of doing this and training and, and listening to so many trainers. There's no high level producers that every single thing in the home is not intentional. Um, even if it's exactly. the process you're, you're describing, I guarantee you that all of the top level people that are doing this in your organization, they know every word they're going to say and every move they're going to make with their hands and all the things, not because it's manipulating the homeowner, but because they found what works and just follow the system over and over because psychology of people is the same. And, uh, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, everything has to be intentional. I think the only thing that wouldn't um, line up to every call being the same as the homeowner themselves, you know, you hear a lot of sales trainers say you have to build a, you know, make a friend and build a relationship. And that's 100% true. I think that's the hardest part to teach the guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, right. and, you know, going back to the, to the people skills of, of, uh, you know, being in a band and performing and being able to adapt and be quick, you know, mm-hmm. it, that's really hard to teach, you know, how to yeah. recognize who is this person, what are the, what's important to this person, what's not important to this person. Mm-hmm. And everybody's different. Right. You, and, you got and for any salesman listening, like don't fall into the trap of thinking it's all about price, you know, any, right. any salesman out there that think like, Oh, all they care about is price. Total, total BS. Yes, some people, all they care about is price. But most people care about value and whether Mm -hmm. or not they like you in your company, really, is what it comes down to, right? Mm -hmm. If all we cared about was price, there would be no such thing as Apple, right? Microsoft (laughs) is cheaper in almost every single way. But people are willing to pay more for Apple because it's convenient and and it's easy, right? Mm -hmm. Or there would be no such thing as Gucci or Ruth's Chris, right? So... You know, I mean, that's a whole conversation, too. You can't get sucked into thinking it's all about price. It's all about price. No, it's all about mm-hmm. value. If people feel they're getting good value for their money and they're spending their money with somebody or an entity or a business that they truly trust and believe is going to do a good job, you hit those two things on the mark and they're buying mm-hmm. from you all day long. Oh, you got it. Yep. Right. Yeah. The reason people don't and what keeps them from buying, the reason people think they have to get three bids and all the things, talk to their uncle, brother, sisters, Billy Bob, two states over that owns the heating in our company is because they don't trust you to start with. Not completely, or they wouldn't even have to call anybody else. You know, that's part of the, exactly. uh, you know, it's like, hey, what I like to teach people some is like, you know, listen, we don't have the luxury of doing three, four, five projects in the past and everyone turned out awesome. If we had, you wouldn't even be calling anybody else, would you? Well, no, of course not. You know, and, and so it's all about comes down to the trust. And and, and you <laughs> have to mention this. The one thing you're talking about is is building, making the friend and building the rapport and all that. Um, what I man, I have to mention for everybody, stop trying to use the classic form is an artificial way to build rapport. The whole like you've got a dog. I've got a dog. You like the Raiders. I like the Raiders. You're not there to do that. (laughs) Rapport is built by being a professional in what you're doing and actually caring for people authentically. That's how to build rapport the right way. (laughs) I have it written on our whiteboard whenever we do these, uh, you know, sales trainings at our shop. I put it on there. We are here to serve, not sell. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it has Mm -hmm. to be genuine. You have to genuinely care for the homeowner and their needs and wants, you know, and build a package that, 
really solve the problems that they're having. And if you do and you care in your heart and you actually give a shit, right? You're not yeah. just there to close the sale. You're not mm-hmm. just there to make a commission, but you care about that client. You walk into the yeah. house, say, okay, let's talk about this. You know, what rooms are getting hot? What rooms are getting cold? What are your energy bills like? Is that important to you? Is your unit too loud? Right? Mm-hmm. Is that important mm-hmm. to you? IAQ, allergies, all these things. But it has to be genuine, right? It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, I like to I like to compare this to, uh, I tell the guys, you know, it's like going to the bar, and, you know, and, and hitting on a girl, right? It's like, if you're hitting on the girl just because you want to sleep with her, and that's it, like, that's your goal. Like, I really want to sleep with the girl, that's what I'm going to go to. Like, they're going to pick up on that, mm-hmm. and you're probably not going to get lucky that night, right? <laughs> but if you go in there with, like, okay, like, who is this person? Let me get to know right? What are their interests? Mm-hmm. What do they like? All those kinds of things. And it's genuine. You're not doing it on purpose. Like, okay, I'm going to get to know this person because I want A, B, and C. No, it's just, who is this person? You know, I want to talk with them and get to know them. You'd mm-hmm. be surprised at how many times that that relationship kind of grows, you know? And, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, you're getting lucky tonight. <laughs> you know, you progress. Yeah. Yeah, and if the goal sales is, is no my goal different. Is to make a new friend today. It's not to close the deal. Then it all—it's amazing what happens, right? Okay. And we all know the goal is to close the deal, right? That's why we're—that's what we work for. Or we work right. to make money. Like, duh, mm-hmm. we know that. But you got to put that in the back of your mind. What needs to be in the front of your mind is I—I, I, I, you know, I—I'm a reputable HVAC uh, technician, salesman, whatever you are. I'm proud of the company I work at believe that we do the best work in town um and i'm here to listen to this homeowner and figure out what they need and build a package that solves the exact problems they have right Mm -hmm. and if you go in there and it's genuine it's going to come off as being genuine the homeowner is going to pick up on that they're going to trust you they're going to believe okay this guy's not just here to make a sale he's actually here to help me Mm -hmm. right and then you're going to get that signature you know and all of those things add up it adds up through the process where you have to do that and um you know you, you hit all those marks and you will get the sales so watch your closing mm-hmm. rate will go up 70 80 percent oh absolutely i love you know and for all your listeners you know you're a you're accomplishing this when you're sitting down at the table and the homeowners or or standing at the unit or you know wherever you're at i've literally signed deals on you know standing over trash cans and truck beds right but when the homeowner starts to say, and you start to hear things like, I never do this on the first visit. I always get more quotes, but you know, I just really <laughs> like, I really like you and your company. I think this is probably a good decision. When they actually start telling you that to your face, you know, you're accomplishing this properly and you're actually authentically yeah. connecting, right? I mean, how many, I'm sure your people yeah. hear those kind of things all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you, and you'll feel good too. You know, when, when you get past that mark of where now you're entered the land of just being genuine, you know, and they want to do business with you and you want to do business with them and they, they feel happy. They're like excited to sign this contract. And then they want you to stick around. They sign the contract and they're like, Hey, you know, do you, you, uh, you want some soda or something? You know, or they start talking to you about whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels good. It's, it's such oh, a, it. it can really affect you personally going home and going to sleep at night and feeling like you're actually making a difference. You're out there helping people, not oh, heck yeah. I'm out here just to close the deal and make a paycheck and, you know, get out and never talk to that customer again. You know, um, oh, no if, you, if you can get to the, the land of uh, genuinality or whatever, I don't even know if that's a word, but if you can get <laughs> to that point where everything's genuine, and it comes across yeah. that way, you will make so much more money and you're going to be happier doing it. Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, when you, I'm sure you're all of your people. I know my teams. They would always like every single time we come at a, in the sales meeting. Like, all right, who got invited this week? It's like, oh man, somebody after this after we signed the deal the other day, they invited me to their kid's birthday party the next day, or they invited me to yep. the barbecue on the weekend, or you know, That's his bachelor you know, party. I ended up going right. out with the guy for his bachelor party. Yeah, but after you sold them, <laughs> you know, you're doing it right, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's life, what man. it's all about. You get you get to that point and you're gonna be the best salesman on the planet. Any of these guys sell five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year, they have figured out how to do that. And mm-hmm. it's uh you know, it, and it's genuine and they're good at it and they're rewarded financially and mm-hmm. they're rewarded in other ways, uh, you know, mentally and feeling good about what they're doing and not feeling like a please ball used car salesman. Because yeah, nobody wants absolutely. to do that way. Yeah, when you when you serve, it, it it changes everything. So, 
Well, man, I love this conversation. It has been a pleasure to get to know you uh, on this podcast. And uh, man, I look forward to uh, meeting you in person at the uh, at the event. So last quick second to promote the event super quick, and then we can let everybody know how to get in touch with you. Uh, But yeah, so the Profit Rocket Growth Summit. Um, I have a speaker's link. I know Mario also has a speaker's link as well. So find us on Facebook. Um, you'll be, I'm going to post mine here pretty quick. I'm going to be on one of the sales panels there. And, uh, but yeah, everybody find, find Attic Man. Go leave the, if you want to support Mario and Attic Man, um, hop on his Facebook. Go leave him a cool review on Facebook. Leave him, uh, leave him, leave him some reviews uh, from all over the country. Uh, just how much value you've gotten from listening to this podcast. That, that also helps. Um, helps support, yeah, you know what but... the um, the event's going to be amazing. You know, for anybody, you know, that uh, is thinking about going, I've gone the past two years, and I've been to all the other events as well. But there's always something different about the Profit Rocket event. The vibe is different, right? There's always like a lot of the uh, the younger companies there. Yeah, there's some smaller companies and there's some medium sized companies, but it's just this um, exciting kind of energy there where everyone is just motivated and ready to rock and ready to get out there and kill it and build their businesses. So, you know, if that's you and you're thinking, man, should I go? Uh, you know, that was me on the first year. I was like, man, should I really go to this thing? I went and I had the time of my life. Uh, I learned so much, met so many great people. Um, and, you know, now I'm going to be speaking at it. It's super exciting. Uh, you got to get out there. You got to network and you got to go out there and shake hands. And hopefully you'll see me out there and you can shake hands with me. And, um, you know, and we can we can hang out and talk business. Love it. Love it. There's something I learned years ago that the networking is just as important as the speeches. I was brand spanking new in, in HVAC. The owner of the company sent me off to a, uh, to a convention with the company credit card and said, you're going to learn the most in the bar. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, at the end of the night, everybody's going to hang out, go buy all of the top speakers drinks and then listen. Yep. And, and they will tell you everything that, that you'll get your million dollar moment every single oh, time yeah. you do that. <laughs> oh, it's it so, so true, true, man. You know, we all love to, to, to have some drinks afterwards. If, you know, you're thinking of going to get the VIP. You got to go to the after parties. That's really where you're going to network the best. I mean, the speakers are great. Everyone's talking on stage. But, you know, it's like organized uh, kind of networking. When you're at the after parties, it's like, you know, going out. Uh, after hours and meeting people in their kind of real environment, you can kind of see the real version of themselves, what they're like when they're not on stage, you know, and they're not in the spotlight and they're just talking. And yeah, you're absolutely right. You can learn so much from that. So definitely get the VIP and go that route because you won't regret it. to meet some really great people that way. 100% agree. 100% agree. So, well, so if anybody wants to, uh, if you're anywhere near the Sacramento area or you want to move to Sacramento to work with, with Mario and Attic Man, how do they get get in touch with you, man? How can they reach out? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. You know, I make a lot of videos for Instagram talking about these kinds of things. It's uh, Instagram.com slash AtticManMar is my handle. Um, TikTok, you know, all of those ways. Or you can just email me, Mario at AtticManHVAC.com. I check my email every day. It goes right to my phone. I've had a lot of people reach out to me that way. So I'm always happy to connect with anybody out there that wants to chat. Perfect. Love it. Hopefully we'll find you some uh, top level talent as you grow. Uh, Cause I know there's of course lots of people listening to this podcast that are looking for a new home. I get emails all the time. Hey, do you know anybody that's hiring in XYZ city? And so now I love to have a good place to send people when they ask me that. And so thank you Absolutely. for that. Sacramento is a hot market. We're growing a lot and there's a lot of HVAC work to do here. So if you're no thinking joke. about it, it's a great place to live. Come on out. I love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous up there. What I've got a big, uh, big portion of my solo team is over there as well. Uh, lots of that going on. So, well, rock and roll, man. I appreciate you hanging out with us. And uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Everybody email me, Sam at closeitnow.net. Join the Facebook group. You can find it under Close It Now. Just search Close It Now HVAC. It'll come right up. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us, Mario. And we'll end this like we always do with every episode. Go save the world one heat stroke at a time. 
Thanks for listening to Close It Now with Sam Wakefield. Subscribe to the podcast now so you're first to hear new episodes jam-packed with actionable tools and tips to make you the top HVAC professional in your market. If you have friends and colleagues who would like this show, share it with them and send them to our Facebook community for more in-depth discussion about the challenges we all face and how to overcome them on the Close It Now podcast.